Hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reef podcast. Today's guest is a classically trained singer from the UK. Uh, she's actually in my community, which is pretty cool. So this is uh, a nice change of things. Her name is Lydia Person. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Doing very well. Thank you. Uh, it's finally started to rain. So now I feel <laughs> like I'm not dying anymore. Cooling from- down. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I'm melting. It's really um, sticky as well. Like it, it it's close. I, I find it quite unpleasant. I just can't handle it. I don't know. I've mm. got like fair skin and I get like intense um, sunstroke and stuff like that. Oh, so, wow. So, so, That's yeah. never good. That's never good. Uh, I, I just hide in the summer to be honest everyone else is like oh why don't you like it it's great I'm like nah sun's not. out guns out kind of no right now it's perfect for me it's about 16 degrees it's raining this is perfect I love this this is perfect weather <laughs> yeah I, I I couldn't agree more it's great <laughs> it's very pleasant and I like the sound of rain I, mm. I find it really relaxing and I find I get into quite a good like um headspace with it I like it Someone in one of my lives the other day said that it's quite romantic and I tend to agree. But it's not just that. I, I quite like just this whole concept of sitting inside and like just hearing the rain splatter on the windowsill. Yeah, good and, book. Uh, yeah, yeah, that works yeah. too. Um, I like it in winter as well. The same sort of thing, but with... I don't know, with snow or mm. or just being inside and warm while it's cold outside. I quite dig that. Oh, I think that's nice. Yeah, you got the right idea. Mm. 100%. <laughs> and listening to music, stick on something nice with the rain, cosy up. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take it right back to the beginning because okay. I've got quite a few questions for you that I sort of diverse, devised, devised, I can't speak properly, devised in my initial research. And mm-hmm. I've also obviously got questions from my Discord community. Uh, for yes. those who are unfamiliar, I have a Discord community. Uh, it's predominantly filmed, filled. It would be helpful if I could speak on my own podcast, wouldn't it? It's, I don't know. I guess I've been out of practice for the past week or two weeks, however long it's been. Um it's a very varied community actually lots of different people and lots of different sort of contributions and I love that I'm I'm learning new things and I'm I'm seeing new things and it's a fun place to be actually highly recommend to all of you out there who aren't part of it yeah I mean it's um it started as just being a kind of a wing off the side of what I do you know Mm. obviously I do a lot of marketing and branding for everything I do online yeah and uh it kind of seemed like the natural kind of mm, I don't know how to put it if you're you're trying to end point like a natural point on the timeline if you're trying to build a community online then it's very important to have a discord community I feel Mm. and you know I've I've been building a lot of things over the past year with patreon and uh tiktok and countless other different social media sites 
And uh, Discord has, has been interesting because I'd, I'd say in the past six months or so, it's finally started to become what I wanted it to become, uh, mm. which is just not just a depository for everything that I do, but also an actual community where people can talk and get to know each other and, you know, interact with me as well, um, yeah. which is something I don't often talk about, but it is a place that people can do that more directly. Um, yeah. Obviously, we do things like voice chats and the movie nights the movie nights and yeah, yeah all these different things i realize this is just one giant advertisement for my discord community i will get to the point no, i think i think advertise it advertise <laughs> yeah. the hell out of it because it's great fun and i've met some amazing people on there and and i don't i think we kind of don't allow in assholes <laughs> this is true everyone true. there is a nice person and a good person and that i think that's a very important thing within a community and this Especially. brings me full circle, which is that I actually received a bunch of questions from the Discord community. And it's something that I've been opening up every time I get a new guest for the podcast. I obviously mm -hmm. ask the community, hey, what kind of questions do you want to ask the latest mm -hmm. guest? And um, I've been actually receiving a lot of feedback. So if you do want to join the Discord community and you want to be involved in the types of questions that are asked to the podcast guests the join the go. discord community and go to the chat and you'll find that yeah so uh one of the questions which i already had down anyway but it brings us straight into talking about your music career is um when did you actually realize that you had this kind of powerful voice because it's always interesting to to understand like when people realize such things like people often tell me that I have a good singing voice I can tell you straight away now um it was always always terrible in the very beginning dreadful um and I would say the vast majority of singers have to practice very hard for many many years I'd say I've, I've been working on my voice the better part of 10 years or so and I think finally now it's getting to a point where it's okay <laughs> um but you have a voice you that's, undersell yourself <laughs> nah, i'm just i'm just being honest but with, with your voice it's very different because i feel like this is the sort of thing that yeah, it's one thing to, to have like a natural singing voice and be able to um to you know just sing general kind of stuff right mm. but your voice is you know you're opened up to all these different kind of ranges as far as like falsettos are concerned i mean it's, it's a different level of, of singing almost anyone that sings in opera classical singing whatever like that it's a whole other world and you're oh, doing yeah. a lot more powerful stuff with your voice stuff that the average everyday person can't do like i could never sing the way that you sing and i know that that's not me trying to be negative or anything that's just realism because it's a different level it's a different world entirely so bringing it back to you what was that initial point where did it start for you uh god I, I remember being very young and we'd drive in a car and they'd have Frank Sinatra Elton John on the in the CD deck and I'd sing everything an octave higher and my mum at one point turned to me and said I should give you I should get you singing lessons hmm. and I'm I was very very shy as a kid I, I was bullied a lot I didn't want to be in front of people um I didn't want that focus I wanted to just blend in so I went and had these lessons and 
I found myself having an avenue or just a way of expressing um, pain. And um, there was a lot happening in my personal life at home and there was a lot happening at school. And the one thing I had was expressing myself through music and having very inspirational music teachers. And obviously teachers are really, really vital in helping people find their passion. Um, so on top of that, my mum has, since I was seven, worked for an opera. So I was surrounded by people at the top of their game from mm. a very young age. And I listened to them because they'd stay here because they'd, you know, we're closer to the, the theatre. So they'd, instead of travelling up and down to London every night, they'd, they'd stay in one of our um, rooms. And I'd hear them doing their warm ups and I'd just be like, wow, I want to I wanna be that good. I, wa I want to be that good. I'm, I'm, I'm not there now. <laughs> I'm not as good as them. Um, but it's always uh, kind of informed uh, a sort of competitiveness within me to be as good as them and it's quite exhausting sometimes because like there's this perfectionism thing but as a kid I'd say I discovered that and had singing lessons at around 10 or 11 um, and what they do is they put you doing sort of show tunes <laughs> um, and I was in the choir and then I was head of choir um, at one school and it was just my outlet um, and I, I, I don't know it's just it's part of me <clears throat> I couldn't survive without it but I think that the best I think that the best art often is an expression of pain in many different things you know like actual paintings and, and um, music and, and writing you know I, I think it's I think it's a good thing I think it keeps people strong is having an outlet there's a lot to unpack here um I apologize I go off no, on a tangent. that's fine no 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 need for apologies just gives me more, more to work with <laughs> I'm a talker um, yeah that's fine as well again it's good for podcasting <laughs> so um I was going to circle back to this, but, you know, you, you seem to have touched on it quite strongly. So it seems like it's quite important for you, which I understand. I, I do a similar thing with my music. Um, as far as. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that, you know, you, you had some struggles there. You, you mm -hmm. saw it as kind of a, a means to um, <clears throat> dealing with the pain in your life. You know, music is a form of escapism, essentially. So with that in mind i mean talk talk us through exactly what was you know i mean you obviously don't have to go into specifics as far as like bullying is concerned but hey yeah i'll just say this now everyone gets bullied i got yeah. bullied you yeah. know qu quite badly um it does happen but i think the most interesting people have often been bullied no, that's true yeah because uh, they were different from a young age um so i don't know why i was bullied really um, I grew up in France and they might have picked up on, I used to have a bit of an accent, mm. so it might have been that. I remember getting called frog a lot, but I, I didn't really care. <laughs> um, but I had an abusive member of my family 
um, who was struggling with a drug problem. And um, that was expressed through their fists into my face <laughs> a lot when I was very young. And I didn't understand because I didn't really, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't know anything about drugs really when I was 10. But mm. kids today are very different and very much more informed. Uh, I had absolutely no idea, especially on um, the sort of side effects and the impact on people. So I, I just kind of thought, wow, this person really hates me. You know, I didn't understand why they hated me so much, but it's just that I was the younger sibling and easy target, I guess. Um, we still are patching things up 20 years later. Um, it hasn't been completely resolved, um, but we're, we're getting there. Um, but yeah, that was... Um, God, I think I think that's the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with was um, dealing with people not being very pleasant to me at school and then coming home and sort of I became very insular and very um, closed off mm. and it's taken so much work for me to be able to be vulnerable and something happened something clicked and I went I don't have to do any of that if I can show it through my voice. If I can show people real emotion and allow them to be sort of part of the story, they should work it out themselves. And I think that's a very powerful thing. Allow, you know, people, when people can actually express emotion, because a lot of people say, you know, sound sad or something and, and they'll go, ooh. But actually physically really feeling it, it's quite, it can be quite um, intense um, getting to that place. But um, I couldn't have survived without it, no way. But there was, um, when I was in my teens um, at school, people used to send me things on Outlook, um, which rather dates this. Um, and it would say like, good luck. I'll be watching you. I'm always watching you. I think of you in a sort of weird way. Um, and I was just like, okay. Um, was this like stalkers? It was school bullies. Okay. Um, in, generally in the years above me. And I, and, um, I always thought, God, that's, you know, I understand from people within my own year group, but you know when it's older kids who don't know you I remember being like oh that so people talk and you know I didn't feel very comfortable with that so th that all got dealt with rather badly by the school but um oh, surprise surprise <laughs> yeah um uh, but I did a concert that night um and I sang somewhere over the rainbow mm. I think um, which is, is already such a sad song. Um, but they were sitting sort of seven rows back. I, I couldn't tell you. Um, and <laughs> they were just glaring at me. And I had a real moment about three years ago. Um, I sang at a wedding and one of these people who was in the year above me at school. Oh, no was way. There 
was there and I was just like <laughs> um I've been hired I've been paid to sing yeah. this, this thing I felt so strong I was just like yes victory justice all you sodding people who made my life hell when I was a teenager it was beautiful I was just like yes <laughs> and they they looked at me as if to say like is that is that her yeah the, the yeah. name sounds familiar but I'm not sure and I was just like yeah it's me <laughs> so so they did approach you then they came up to you and no well, you. I'd been invited to the after party as right you know which is generally done um and I, I sort of looked at them like Ah, uh, hi, you know, and they just walked straight past me. And I was like, ooh. They did, they look in, did they look embarrassed at all? Yeah, I think so. Because, mm. you know, if you're that, I, I don't know, I never bullied anyone, but you must grow up and be like, God, what was, what, who was I? How did they look? Because, And I know this might sound like a strange question, but when I think about the people that bullied me at school, right, mm. I had an interesting situation because the people that bullied me originally were my friends and it kind of just yeah. yeah it kind of turned into to that and then it became just ruthless but mm. I always when I look back the only thing I can think is that they were jealous of what I'm not entirely sure but um they were jealous of something and I, when I look at their lives now um one of them is is just the same like they haven't changed it's actually kind of depressing mm. um and then the other one is I don't know like they didn't really do much with their life but I, I guess they're like they've grown up or, or whatever but my point is they're both kind of like um like that that's all they would ever amount to kind of thing mm. because of their negative minds because of like who they are what they represent blah 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 um you know maybe they just lack ambition I don't know maybe because often they say with bullies you know obviously the people we deal with online uh they're always nameless faceless people they're always mm -hmm. toxic people they're just trying to make themselves feel better by bringing you down so yeah. with that in mind um how did this person look like physically um pretty much the same they don't have to worry because they come from a very rich background all these kids I went to school with and they don't have to worry about work ah. and stuff like that so they don't have to worry about being ambitious they can just they they stayed within their same friend circles it's happened throughout this throughout my year and their year they haven't really really truly expanded their circle which I think is pretty sad you know get is out it, there a bit it's interesting that you bring this up so what I was going to ask you before is is there maybe maybe a jealousy angle to this? And I'm almost confident that it must be that now because, I mean, do you know what these people do for a living now? Do you happen to know? I couldn't tell you. They're probably in like PR or something. something I don't know. Boring. Okay, yeah. Like an easy, I, I couldn't tell you. But one of them is um, did a carpentry degree, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> pretty different for what I was expecting. Um, but yeah, I... I have no real interest i've kept a few friends of course from school, yeah no no no, but, no um, i know you know but you know what it's like you know yeah. i a lot of people go to uni and think i'm going to stay friends with these people forever and you don't it's the same with school you know you, i've kept in touch with possibly two people from each of my educational institutions <laughs> the, the people um, that i've kept on on facebook are like by the way anyone listening to this who uh 
was a school friend of mine. If you if I have you on Facebook, that guess what? That means I actually liked you. So well done. Hey, <laughs> you've passed the test. Yeah. Well, no, it is kind of like that. You know what I mean? Cull. Like, yeah. yeah. Everyone needs a good cull every now like, and then. I do, think. You know what? You know what's funny? So one of the people that bullied me, right? And I've it, it's kind of funny. So one of the people that bullied me is is now dating and has been for a very long time dating a person that I was friends with outside okay. of school for yeah. many years. And now it's huh. funny the way that, that the universe works, right? Because mm. this person who bullied me, right, they used to take the mickey out of this, this person, this friend of mine. Oh. They used to say horrible things about them physically right mm. so it's just the most amazing irony that now they're dating and are happy and in love and I'm like man like if you only knew what this person used to say about you it's just it's just nuts well, I mean um, I, I guess unfortunately you can... my bullies are all fucking beautiful and modelly you know like uh, it, it doesn't I, I it doesn't matter on that front. That. it doesn't matter about that sort of stuff that's not my point mm. my, my point yeah. is more that like it's funny how these things work out because out of the yeah. two of them again like the one that um that hasn't changed is just a really not very pleasant human being at all he wasn't then he isn't now if anything it sounds mm. like he's gotten worse but the other one i think maybe has grown up has changed i don't know maybe that's why they're now dating that person but um mm. but yeah but bullies are interesting i mean to me it sounds like your bullies were just jealous because they didn't have any definable kind of talent of their own so they I was um, a flautist I used to play the flute Ooh. um and I I stopped when I realized that I had I hate saying this kind of thing I sound like such a cocky person but quite a natural gift mm. I hate saying that oh my god um with voice you know it, it kind of slowed down the flute and now sort of 20 years later I'm thinking I, I might take it up again you know mm. that's I, I need to keep busy or I get quite um restless and bored um yeah. but yeah I I think bullies they, they 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 always used to make fun of me with my flute as well because of um American Pie um there's a there's a line in that about a flute um oh okay yeah uh, and inspired uh, comedy I guess hilarious <laughs> and, uh, but when I was 11 or something I thought this is so embarrassing okay. <laughs> you know I didn't have the same strength that I have today back then I mm. was I was genuinely most of the time pretty upset and um pretty bitter and I, I was always I always had my headphones in I never talked to anyone because I just thought if I don't talk to them they can't talk to me and say something mean um so I had a sort of like, I was at boarding school as well. So I couldn't run home Ooh. to mum and dad mm. and sort of have a cry, get my stuff together and get up and go the next day with a clean slate. It was pretty um, relentless, actually. If you're being bullied at a boarding school, it feels completely inescapable. Um, and, you know, I had my own stuff going on at home, obviously, but I craved getting out of there. And my, um, you know, that it, it's a slightly different experience, not being able to talk to someone like a parent or a sibling. So you have to get pretty, um, pretty strong. 
and I struggled with that for a really long time I couldn't find my strength um and then I stopped caring <laughs> I I stopped I, I stopped taking things to heart so much and um yeah that's one thing that so when it, there's a troll I do take it quite personally because it feels like I'm 12 again you know or something like that it, it just it immediately transports me back to that quite um unpleasant let's say time um so I'm quite uh I find myself still quite a sensitive person how did you learn to overcome it and, and battle it it sounds bizarre <laughs> um but I I have to really like talk myself through it Mm -hmm. um I'll 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 read the comment a few times and sometimes I write it down um and then I'll 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 go through like a checklist in my head of like well that's not true that's complete baloney you know like I, ha I literally have to tell myself that isn't true that mm. isn't true and I don't think that that whole delete and block thing actually works because it's still in you yeah i'm not i don't generally get a lot of um troll comments you're lucky um, <laughs> that's no, all i, I can I say th i think if i do it if i ever go like live i think i will because people will say stuff about my weight or something i don't know um you know I, i'm fully anticipating that that will happen but i'm i'm gonna be ready <laughs> um but it, it's a, a new thing i i as i've said so many times during your lives like I wouldn't have had the balls to say half of the things that uh, to strangers that people do. Mm. Um, it's such a different culture now. Um, yeah, but there's no, know. it's no, it's not like real life though. There's no accountability. Yeah. You can there's just no easily just type it yeah. and just, and just leave. That's it. But I didn't, well, I didn't have any apps or anything mm. like that. We had Facebook and there everyone can see your name. Mm. Um, and this was, that would have been sort of 2006 or something. I think Facebook entered my life. Um, but no, it's, it's quite new for me, this whole live video um, phenomenon. Like it, it, that isn't something that I grew up with. Um, so I'm always quite shocked by people who post such hateful words, you know, especially when they're obviously just doing it to get a rise out of people. I, I often think when it's someone on a live, I'm not talking about yours or in particular, but just in general, if it's constructive mm. and they're saying like, oh, I think that's an E minor chord, mate, you know, something like that. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But if it's like, you look like Jabba the Hutt or something, you know, I just think, what, how you know do you what? get off on this? Did the worst comment I ever got. It wasn't even that bad as far as like what I normally get, but mm. just 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 listen and, and you'll you'll see what I mean. So someone commented on a song cover that I did on TikTok one time and said, You are distinctly average. Good luck. <laughs> and I was like, damn, I would have just preferred if you'd have called me shit. That was that was that was average. Yeah, that, that, that hurts. Was, that would that hurt. Was, 
it's basically that. just like saying yeah th- this is you'll never get anywhere with this my ma- my, my my friend just give up now I, I was like damn painfully bad was one of mine um, yeah, but that's obviously not true with you. And um, I, d- I was doing, because for me, this whole TikTok thing yeah. is so new, because I sing Mozart, I sing like mm. different, very different music, and trying out, um, let's call it more popular music, although um, not all Con- of it. Contemporary music. More contemporary music um, is a big change for me. Mm. And the only reason I ever really did it is because my my granny, when she died, she said, you should really try doing something more modern as well, like branching out. And I, I was, she was like, you should sing Adele. She was like, you they should stop sing living Adele. in the past, woman. Stop living in the past, Lydia. Stop living in 1772. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she said, you should try singing Adele. And I was like, no, I don't want to. Um, and I still haven't. Um, but yeah, you I think just, it, you just I, don't like modern music then, or what's the deal? I, I'm not that into. Um, generally the stuff that is trending on tiktok mm. um i like i like a lot of music i just it, it's rare that i find music from the noughties that mm. i enjoy i'm i'm happy with sort of 90s and back you know like um my favorite my muse mm. and radio head that's what i grew up with and anything before that but i like loads of different things so yeah but you know, it's, it's it's no one has bad music taste. Is my thing. I don't think it's possible to have bad music taste. I think you can um, just not listen to good, like the right stuff. Or, or, or well, how can I put this? Like, yeah. <laughs> you can um, just be quite limited. I think a good music taste is someone who listens to a lot of different things. Mm. And I get into a lot of rows with, well, I say rows, little debates with my partner because he likes um, death metal. Mm. So I'll be listening to like the Verdi Requiem and upstairs I'll hear like, (laughs) and um, I'm just like, you have quite a limited taste in music. And he was like, no, I don't. I like doom metal. I like thrash metal. (laughs) I like death metal. And I like prog rock. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. You've got really limited taste <laughs> um, I, dis- I disagree with you I, I I think because all those that you just like I grew up with metal and rock music mm. right and um I have to say all of those different types of metal are oh. vastly different they're vastly different you can't compare <laughs> say death metal to thrash metal or symphonic oh, metal they're no, all I, I... they are like different types of music you know, in but the same way that really like, know any music is... by Britney Spears, like he has no like well... any other knowledge of anything, and I, I I admire it to be honest. I think good for you, you know, be you, you do you, mm, yeah. And I kind of I love that about them, but um, I I my my biggest thing I love is soundtracks, mm. really. Um, and it, I was thinking about it the other day because you did that Godfather thing, <laughs> and um there's a piece uh so in the godfather part three they're at the opera um and i love listening to that opera um it's a good one and um my italian cousin told me off because i was saying it incorrectly um so i if i it's called cavalleria rusticana 
and it's beautiful and there's this amazing recording with Pavarotti mm. and you listen to it and you just think of the, the Godfather which is really lovely and it, it, I think having um, good solid classical music in movies is really important for people who are like I hate classical music you know and you're just like well actually you like the Harry Potter soundtrack so you therefore kind of like classical music you know it I think it's it's becoming cooler um but back in the day you're kind of seen as a bit of a dweeb I think if you like um I used to make fun of my dad when I was a kid because he actually really likes Gregorian chants I I'm, I'm surrounded by people who love classical music and I just I, I heard it and I'd just be like oh yeah, this is boring oh yeah this is great and he'd just be like you don't get it you just don't get it and I'd just oh get the emo fringe um but actually now I can kind of I can understand where he's coming from it's still not my cup you know um I had a music teacher who used to say it's not my piece of cake <laughs> he was um Macedonian and he always mixed up um colloquialisms and stuff like that and it was just so pure <laughs> so I still think oh it's not really my, my piece of cake um and actually I think uh I'll have to talk about my music teachers actually at some point because they they honestly they were fantastic for me let's talk about it now I yeah. mean um because one of the questions I actually received was were you self-taught or did you work with a vocal coach it's quite clear that you've worked with vocal coaches so talk I us have through worked that with many vocal coaches um my so obviously you, you have music class um and they were all amazing inspirational friends really because I was so lonely I was being bullied and they all picked up on that I think that this artistic part of them picked up on someone who was in a bit of trouble who um and they, they just sort of went oh I should I should be friendly and I should look after this person um and they were very encouraging and they always um gave me opportunities and honestly I think that I'd be a different person without them having been in my life. So I, I owe these people so much and they're so underappreciated. Um, and I don't know if they ever hear this, uh, thank you so much to Mr. Godfrey and Mr. Patterson. Um, you were amazing. Um, but my vocal coaches, I have had about six and they all gave me different styles of things. Um, I, because of my mum's background in opera, I went in knowing pieces um, and knowing them by ear. So um, I could generally tackle anything um, within reason for like a 14, 15 year old. I wasn't about to go singing some insanely difficult thing, but the, the more, um, accessible easy beginner stuff that what that is um accessible for a beginner um and i i remember um i remember doing one of the first classical pieces i did was a mozart piece um from the marriage of figaro and my mum and dad know that inside out they know every little nook and cranny of that entire score um, they're very musical people um, <clears throat> and I came and I sang it to them and they said you should keep doing this 
And the, one of the first times I'd ever heard them say that they were proud of me. And I, that, obviously, when you're growing up, it's a pretty big deal. Mm. Um, and I, I felt quite, sorry if they hear this, I felt quite neglected by them um, a lot because of stuff going on at home. And I uh, was never really helped through it. I had to learn to deal with it by myself and I didn't know how. So, you know, for them to actually show up to um, concerts and, and listen to me singing, it was addictive because I was like, they're actually part of my life. They're here, you know, my dad worked abroad um, for most of my life. Um, so for him to make the effort to come on a Friday night to come to my, one of my concerts, I'd always be like, yeah, dad's here, you know, because he, he lived in um, Spain and America and France. Um, so that was always really special. But the, the vocal coaches, um, they've all taught me something different. And um, God, they're amazing people because, you know, every they just somehow give me this feeling of when I leave after my my session I could bounce off the walls they they, they bring something out in me a real energy and um I, I have a lot to thank them for but I was properly trained I'm not I haven't just woken up one day and gone ah and suddenly like angels descend or something I don't know what these people think but I, I um <laughs> It's taken a lot of hard work, um, as as things do. You know, you've got to work hard. How long does it take to train your voice if you're it doing took, classical? It took me a, the best part of about eight or nine years to sound how I wanted to sound. Right. Yeah. Okay. To a point where I was satisfied. Um, so what do the exercises involve exactly or, or the lessons? Um, a lot of um, lip trilling. Um, I bet I'm not going to be able to do it now. So like that thing. And then you do um, occasionally, because I have, I used to have problems where I kept moving my hands. So one of my teachers devised this thing where like I do a lot of like weird movements and it mm -hmm. kind of chills out my hands. And there's a lot of um, spoken word I'm going to stop moving because it changes the light so there's a lot of spoken word um, exercises as word uh, as well so sort of tongue twisters and um, vowel like everything really <laughs> um, it takes a full warm-up would take me about 15 minutes so a lot of people I've, I've noticed um, who don't do that they'll just do a scale and then hey presto they're they're ready to go wow. but actually what they don't realize is hopefully they'll stop because that could actually really damage you know you need to it's like running the 100 meters i don't know anything about running i'm the laziest but um it's like i suppose running the 100 meters without warming up um you know your your body needs to be ready mm. and it's not just oh i can hit that note it's it's so much more than that because you want every note to sound beautiful and um you know it's a for me it's a whole body experience because you know i i'm constantly not tr trying not to move my hands so i've got to focus on that i've got to focus on a foreign language so a lot of brain power 
um, and often languages I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, it's a full-on process. And also if you're being paid, you, um, well, for me, certainly, because I'm an anxious person. I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I have a few mental health issues and um, I can get a bit shaky. So another part of it is not looking like a, a tree in the wind. You know, you've got to keep rooted and keep as still as possible and not look like you're panicking because if it's like they can smell my fear. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot to, to think about while it has to be completely natural and it's so quick that you, it, it has to just be normal. Um, and that was a lot of my singing lessons actually when I was growing up were just how to stand and how to um, breathe. I had whole lessons on breathing where often dudes would like press my stomach and my diaphragm and I'd be like, hey ho. Um, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff behind it. And, and I, I get a bit worried when I see people who aren't, you know, you see people on telly and um, I'm not talking about people on TikTok because <laughs> I think they know what they're doing. Um, but people on the X Factor mm. or something like that, who, who they're, not, they're not doing it properly. And they sound, some of them, yes, they sound great. But you're like, I can tell that you're breathing from here and not uh, your diaphragm. And you're just like, well, that's not gonna last long. You're gonna damage yourself. You, you mentioned next factor. Can you give any examples of anyone we might know like that's doing it wrong? Uh, let me think. I think um, I can say, I think Leona Lewis is good. Mm -hmm. She does, she's, she's got, a, I think a, she had a good voice. I'm not sure about her now. Uh, who was on the X Factor, God? It was that Susan Boyle. She was quite <laughs> Subo. Subo. Um, again, I think she's probably got a good technique. I, I, I'd need to rewatch, to be honest, because it's been a while. But I did think, um, okay, here, here's an example of a thing. So when I was growing up, I had Arrival. <laughs> oh. Arrival. And um, she was this. Oh God, she looked like Catherine Zeta-Jones as well. Right. I, kind, I kind of hated her a bit, but she was so, <laughs> she was so nice. <laughs> and she, um, she was Greek and German and she, she was beautiful. And she had this, she turned up at sort of 15 years old, sounding like a 40 year old opera singer. Wow. And I was just like, I, I've got no chance in hell here. I'm never, cause I, I went through a phase of being like the go-to and I loved it. It was very good for my ego because I I'd had a few years of not having a very good ego. Mm. <laughs> um, so when she turned up, I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, and I went home to my mum on a, a weekend break. And I said, there's this girl, mum. And she sounds, you know, she sounds like a professional. She sounds like she's sort of at your level with your people. And she was like, yeah, but people shouldn't sound that way when they're that young. It's like actually... I can tell like fully developed voices when you're that young means that they're overdoing it. Oh, you know, when you see those kids, I can give you an example. Actually, there was a kid on the X Factor who went on and sang 
Madame Butterfly, I think she went on, and it's it's very very. I haven't even done that, you know. I haven't. My teachers have said I'm not sure, you know. I'll give it to you when you're ready, and they have this seven year old child or something, and they just they. I I, I highly disapprove, <laughs> um, and they're putting their voices through unnecessary um, strain. And I'm not saying they don't sound good, but th when you're that young, you need everything to develop at a proper rate, I think. And so like, sort of overdoing so it. How long do you need to wait before you can kind of start beginning to sing at that level? I think it's irresponsible of a teacher to give a child something that vocally demanding. Um, I've had friends who are sort of our age saying to me um, in my first singing lesson when I was at university they gave me this and I, I said that's that's fine but that's quite a lot for your first lesson I think people need to slow it down a bit go back to basics I, I don't think there's a right age I, uh, at all but I do think that you know you need to have driving lessons before you're allowed out on the road you know, it's something similar to that. Like you need to go back to basics, go through the, you know, the process. And when you're ready, go out and kick ass. Yeah, but I, I think there's no point in starting right at the deep end and not having the training for it. You know, mm. I, I don't think that I'm a uh, Olympic diver, you know, or something like that, you know, but, but okay but like for instance that rival of yours like to get to that point that she was at she would have had to have been training for many years anyway so it yeah. kind of refutes what you're saying a little bit doesn't it well she told me that she'd only been doing it for like two years mm. um I think it sounds like a lie <laughs> honestly but <clears throat> how she was at that level and if you could hear her you'd be like wow but mm. for her to be at that level when she was that young was quite unusual generally um you know people sound like charlotte church you know right. that kind of choir girl um right very okay. pure yeah, yeah, very yeah. pure whereas uh, whereas she she was fantastic i don't want it to sound like i'm criticizing her because she's amazing um but she had so much vibrato and it was so rich and deep and and she when she sang she sounded like she was headlining at the Royal Opera House like she was that good and it was this tiny girl and you would everyone just went what <laughs> how um and I eventually got over my jealousy <laughs> but actually as I grew up I was like I'm glad I don't sound like that I've got my own sound or I've got my, I've got my own identity with that do you know how she's doing now? Like, did she end up messing up her voice or is she She, I think she sings. Well? I, th I think she sings um, at weddings and okay. stuff and, and for fun. But I think she's a, um, ended up in, in politics, actually. Oh, that's, um, that's quite a <laughs> career uh, shift. I th yeah, I think in, in somewhere in Germany, I think she's in politics. She's wow. so good, though. She should have she gone for it. But maybe she just over done it you know I don't know um I didn't I haven't seen her since I was 17 because mm -hmm. I got kicked out of that school 
Um, oh, do tell, do tell. How did that happen? How does one get kicked out of a singing school? It wasn't a singing school. It wasn't a singing I was, school. This is just my school okay. I went to. Um, this was the boarding school, is that right? Yes, I went, I, but all of my schools have been boarding schools. Oh. It didn't suit me. So I went to, after this, I went to my local sixth form. And... Were, they, were they mixed boarding schools, no. by the way? Uh, the first one was the first one was mixed okay. and i love that because I, I i find it easier to talk to men than women i think that that's just having two older brothers mm. you know it's just what you're used to um i got kicked out of my senior school um because they suspected me of drug dealing um <laughs> and they said that i was selling you got, you got the look for it you got the look for it <laughs> um i i I was smoking weed i'm not gonna lie about it i was smoking weed um i I was certainly did it it help with your singing by the way it helped my nerves fair enough um (laughs) it probably didn't help my singing okay (laughs) um but i was i was so depressed Mm. like i i needed something and it didn't actually help i've i've been completely clean for God, what, how old am I? So like eight years, maybe seven. Um, so, well, that implies you were addicted to it then? Or? I had issues, yeah. Okay. It's a family thing. We have addiction issues in my family. Ah, I see. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a moment when I was at uni where I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And it was just it. I stopped drinking um, as much. I, I have a drink a year or something now. <laughs> yeah. um, Drinking's kind of overrated. I don't really ever drink. To I, be just I just don't like losing control. That's all it is. Um, but th- well, at school they said I was drug dealing to first years, so like eleven-year-old kids, eleven-year-old kids, and I was in year uh, GCSE year, so year eleven is it year t- year eleven? I can't remember. We we called it different things, so we had like first form and fifth form and stuff. So, um... <laughs> and I, I was just like, you can't possibly think that I'd sell it to an eleven-year-old kid. Did they what have any think? evidence as well? No, they just, no, they, no. At that point, they were just like, we think it would probably be best if you, you know, left. Because I, I was a weird, I was a not the right fit for that school. So, so where did it leave you as far, because you said it was in your final year. So where did you, what happened to your um, GCSEs and stuff? Oh, I did my GCSEs and I did a year of AS with them. Um, and then I Oh, so they kicked left... you out in sixth form? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't matter. So what happened was, um, yeah, I did my, I've got like eight AS levels because of a weird little moment, um, which I'm often, often asked about in interviews, actually. They're Mm. just like, how come you've got so many? And I'm like, well, wait, employers still ask about A levels? Sometimes, yeah. Why? It's happened. I I I always, I always laugh. Yeah, I always laugh when when employers like message I get me degree. about that. I get degree. I get degree. A lot of people. So my my job at the moment is legal work. But, but and the they're thing, like, the, you've got but, a music degree. How does but, that work? <laughs> but the thing that you're most recently doing typically negates everything beforehand. Mm. So like, mm-hmm. if I get asked about GCSEs or A levels now, and I'm I'm like, really? Like, well, why is this? I had relevant? to fish out my GCSE t- certificates because I genuinely couldn't remember Wait. what I'd got. Oh yeah, I have that same problem. I I don't even know where my GCSE like, certificates are. I, I was like, no. I did RE. I was like, I did an RS GCSE. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, we had to because of my school, but um, yeah. So end of sixth form. Um, we came to an agreement 
me and that school but I wasn't really I didn't fit in there I wasn't their um ideal student because they all oh how can I say this were very um Chelsea mm -hmm. um very well off very um affluent families who okay. all were generally very well connected uh. um and generally they'd marry a guy from Eton and bake bread or jam or something for the rest of their lives it's just um, a different world entirely it is, isn't it, it is. <laughs> I found um and I was kind of a bit of a well for them I was a total goth they would have thought that I was like in my chemical romance to them they just didn't get it I, mm. I I'd walk around in like the studded belts and stuff and everyone else was super like trendy I guess you'd call it mm. um I don't really think that they were but apparently um I really struggled there because I didn't live in London mm. um I had nothing really in common with them and I was young for my year um, where, where were you living again Hampshire. Hampshire, okay. Between Hampshire and Paris, because my father was still working in Paris at the time. Mm. Um, so I was in Paris from childhood up to about, God, I think 11 or 12. Mm. Um, but yeah, the um, I've lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Um, I just, I, I always struggled with them because I, I don't, I like people with integrity it's a really important thing and people who go on about um their holidays on their yacht to oh, me Jesus. it's just it's, it's I, just I, they're I, really living up to the stereotype right there yeah I, i'd on, honestly i'd just be like you can't be serious you know the, like okay and i, I said i remember saying one year like oh we went to um normandy yeah and they were like oh that's very close isn't it <laughs> i was just like sorry <laughs> And they were like, we went to um, the Seychelles. And I was like, well, that's nice. What do you <laughs> want me to say? Like, good for you. And I said, did you actually pay for your holiday? You know, and they're like, no. no. <laughs> and I was like, well, they, shut up. Paying is for commoners. Oh. Honestly, they, they had their credit cards off their, uh, off their dad oh from a God. very young age, like 14, 15. They had a credit card. Yeah. And I've never had one. <laughs> I remember being like, I wish I had money. Mm. I, I had a bit of a moment of just like, this is really unfair because they just spend it on stupid things that they don't Do need. You know what's funny? I had a similar experience at school. So uh, people always assume that I'm posh, right? They think mm. I'm like middle class, upper class. Couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I'm actually working class, have been, worked for everything I've ever owned or had. And um, I like those people <laughs> at school. Hard working. Yeah. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't really matter what you're born into, whether it's a lot of money or no money. It's more about your attitude. But mm. I, w I will say that um, growing up, like <laughs> we were, we were really poor. Um, mm -hmm. I, I never went went without any with anything. Um, you know, yeah. my mum always made sure I, I had like the basics and stuff. So so we were okay. I, I had it better than some. Like I knew some people that were way worse off and it really did sort of make me appreciate what I had. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I went to a good, it was a good, a very good public school in a nice area. So yeah. 
that's why I speak well. It's just a good uh, yeah, school. You, you, that's you, it. You have a, a, an accent. I'll give but you that, a... that's the only reason. There's mm. nothing else behind it. It's just it was a good school. But it was a, uni- a yeah. It was a unique, unique position to be in because yeah. I saw both worlds. I mm. saw kids like me that had nothing and lived in really bad places or really rough places or poor places. And then all the rest of my friends lived in three, four bedroom houses um, in really nice areas. And I just couldn't relate to that. And it was really funny when those rich friends would then come over to mine and see where I lived. And they were like, you live here? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what kind oh. of question is that? <laughs> but no, they didn't, they didn't, no, mean, they didn't yeah. mean it in a mean way. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I had a lot of space. That was one. Mm. My room was big, so that was good. Um, nice. <laughs> but it, it was just, you know, the, the place was falling apart, and I we, had a we made similar thing to that at college because I'd I'd been surrounded by all these, um, how can I say it, poshos, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, I went to my local college and I met real people, and I I've, I was just like, I feel at home here. Yeah, I yeah. feel I feel very I feel I fit in because everyone's a bit left field and they've got opinions and they've they've worked hard and and they do work hard they don't just rely on coattails yeah um but when they first came here i live my parents have a god i think i think it's uh what how i think it's about six seven hundred year old house Hmm. and they came and everyone who comes here goes wow you're rich and i'm like i'm not i'm not posh i'm not rich I'm very lucky yeah and I think I think people forget that sometimes you're not your parents um you know you I'm I'm not I don't own this house Mm. (laughs) you know I I couldn't afford London that's why I had to leave um I was we were struggling in Hounslow in a tight the tiniest flat I could ever conceive um so you know Covid happened and yeah, we, we, we ran away, basically. Um, yeah, it's been a mad year. Mad. So, yeah, one thing I wanted to add, actually, which is the reason why I brought up my own sort of situation mm. growing up, was that there were a lot of kids that had, uh, I don't know if you remember, EMA, Educational Maintenance oh, Allowance. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'll explain for those who, who won't know. So when we were teenagers, there was this, this so this would have been in the... They stopped the, doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like late 2000s, early 2010s, there was a scheme known as Educational Maintenance Allowance, EMA. Basically, free money from the government um, f- intended for teenagers from low-income families. And it was it was supposed to be to help you with your studies, get you know, help books. you with books, yeah, resources, yeah, yeah. whatever. And it was a good concept. Um, it's a shame that, you know, that it disappeared because it was actually helping certain people but here's the thing oh god yeah me, my 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 parents were not rich um they didn't you know we, we were poor right um but we aren't i always answered everything honestly on those forms and they determined that i earned too much money so therefore i couldn't get it and i was like well that's a joke we have literally nothing uh, but okay but then there were rich kids that were lying mm. getting that money and then just spending all that money on clothes and the latest like trends, phones, whatever. And it used to drive me nuts because I was like, 
man I need this yeah yeah I actually yeah. need it like not mm. just for that but also just to live like you know to yeah. pay for lunch to be able bus to pass. Go, bus pass go to London yeah. at the weekend whatever like yeah. I couldn't do any of that stuff and they were taking that money and to be fair it quickly became apparent I think that the system was being massively exploited and I think possibly the conservative government got rid of it in the early 2010s so of boo but um, but to be to be fair it was a very flawed system I mean it was supposed to be means tested but everyone was lying on the forms so they just scrapped it in the end but yeah. some people in my year used to just spend it on like subway <laughs> Well, I mean, at least they're buying food, though. Do you know what I mean? They're not. They're I was not... just like, don't you need to buy that book? And they're like, eh, I'll get it, a PDF of it online. <laughs> I was just like, okay, fine. That's that's big brain. That's smart. Yeah, yeah, don't blame them. I was like, they've probably they've probably gone far. <laughs> I haven't heard from yeah. them for a while. <laughs> Economics, baby. That's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, uh, oh, so many questions. There's so uh, many. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna talk about music. Let's talk about music. Well, we'll get back to music. There's, there's cool. still some other stuff that I want mm-hmm. to talk about with you. So obviously you mentioned that you were in a boarding school. I want to know yes. more about you being in a boarding school. Tell us about what it was like going to a boarding school. Tell us some things that people might not know, might be surprised by. Let's go. Okay. Um, you have to pass checks that everything is tidy enough. I wasn't very good at that because I'm dyslexic and dyslexic people aren't generally very tidy. So I always I was always in trouble. Um, you have to go to chapel every Sunday. You have there's no excuse. Even if you're dying, you have to go to Sunday chapel, which I would anyway because I was in the choir. So you know I I, I I'm not a religious person. So I, I just, so, so you of, couldn't you couldn't be ill. You couldn't like have the flu or something. No, you'd still go. I think they just sit you in a corner <laughs> so that you weren't infectious. It's bizarre. It's so wow. bizarre. Uh, but they took it very seriously and but I also took choir very seriously so while I I'd kind of sleep through sermons and um, (laughs) the religious bit I'd be like I'm gonna sing the hell out of these hymns (laughs) Um, what else about you know they they monitor your food so we used to put bread in our pockets um, in case we got hungry but most of my school um, people were anorexic or bulimic Okay. Um, so is, so actually, this for, is this for everyone or just the singers? No, just the whole school. I say the whole school. Like, you know, when you start to get a bit older. So when we were around 15 hmm. and people start to be aware of body image and stuff like that. And yeah. that's when people started developing eating disorders and they were very on it. You know, they'd they'd watch people eating. I hate people watching me eat because of school, because you have to finish your plate. The plate has to be clean and they watch you to make sure that you're not chucking it or um, I don't know. Jeez. Yeah. So I, I have a bit of a complex. I, I hate people watching me eat. There's because... actually there's actually a name for that. I did a video on this on my second oh. channel. It's called Dipnophobia. Oh, cool. I, I'm a dipnophobic. I hate it. Um, it's honestly one of my biggest phobias. Um, mm. It's if I, I honestly think that if you're at boarding school and you're in with the like, I hate this word, I hate this phrase, the cool kids, mm. you have plain sailing, easy time. But if you're an alternative kid or you're slightly different, um, it's pretty much hell on earth because it's an inescapable prison. It's sort of like why? Okay, 
aside from the obvious here mm. what, what like let's just move away from from the the out you know being outcast and stuff mm. being part of the popular crowd like why is it they had it so easy what things did they have that you didn't have aside from the obvious things well um god really basic you have to share a room with people a dormitory until you're about 16 oh so they can literally be in your space uh, every night mm. almost 24 7 because you're at class with them you'll share a room with them i needed i actually at one point said i i need to get out of here because these keep these people are, are tormenting me and um at night what like you know. yeah they'd they'd i'm a bit of a wuss and they'd tell horror stories and um yeah. i had um a real life horror story as a kid uh, when I was a toddler a lady tried to steal me and my brothers oh wow um true story hand on heart um she couldn't have um sons and her husband wanted her to have a son I was just part of the package deal to you know three for one um but she used to wait outside our home until we we were playing in the garden and we set up um well I say we I was a toddler my parents set up cameras in the very early 90s and we had a bodyguard in Paris wow um, and they caught her and she did her community service was working in a nursery oh come Um, on I know come on that's taking the piss really um so anyway, I, hearing those sorts of horror stories about people coming in the night and all this, I, I was just like, nope, nope. And yeah. I'd ha- I had to go and talk to Matron. <laughs> um, and eventually I was able to move into a room that was just two people, just me mm. and another person who was, and they were like, we'll put you in with someone who's quiet. And I was like, yes, I can sit with my headphones in. I, I was listening to... Um, Pablo Honey <laughs> a lot back then and I'd, I'd just have my portable CD player and just go to sleep um, but it's things like that it's, it's you know you, you have to share a room I think that you would have to share a room throughout your whole time at boarding school if it wasn't for um, how bodies changing you know in women requiring um, privacy um, that would be a totally different system if that wasn't the case but you do and you don't get a choice about who you uh, share a room with you're just randomly assigned um up until yeah about you're about 14 or 15 16 it depends on the school but it it, honestly it's such a weird it's such a weird thing because you have this tiny little space to claim as your own whereas i everyone i I was friends with um, when I left school they had their room and it was just they decorated it all themselves whereas I probably had like three meters of space that was mine Um, and a girl once ripped my posters in half (laughs) and um, I'd spent ages because it's a beautiful Legolas poster and um, I was really upset so I, I ripped her poster and I got in more trouble and I was like, they did it first, but fine. Um, yeah, so tell us about um, how, how your school would deal with disciplinaries and punishments and stuff. I'm intrigued. I, th- I think that they dealt with me a lot 
I, I got the rough end of the stick quite a lot and things were placed blame on me and I'd be like I, I was practicing in the music rooms I was nowhere near that place um but you generally have to go and have a very uncomfortable meeting with either the head or the deputy head and they'd say do you understand the uh gravitas of what you have done blah blah and I, I was sort of just like I haven't done anything um and I went through a phase of thinking that they were all stupid so I'd speak French <laughs> but then they, they got in the French teacher oh. um and they'd pick up on when I was swearing and stuff. I used to, I, I was very expressive. Um, so that it was, I had this real, um, quite two-sided side to me um, at school where half of me presented as this very um, angelic choir girl kind of thing. And then there was this other part of me that was quite, I wanna say rebellious, but everyone, yeah, genuinely, um, there was a lot, you know, I, I let out a lot of my pain through being a bit of a dick. Um, I used to fight back, I used to answer back, and I'd always, um, you know, stand up for myself after a certain point, because I was fed up of just taking it. I started to sort of fight back. And so they'd get very confused and they'd say to me, like, we don't understand you because you're very you work hard you you do the choir stuff but you're also quite badly behaved and I was just like I don't know I'd get a better school <laughs> um, yeah that, that kind of annoys me because I had a similar experience at school as well and it was I I blame it fully on the teachers because my frustration was always in the teacher like I'll give you a perfect example uh German teacher would constantly say I was a troublemaker, but he literally divided the class into people that were going to succeed and get A stars, people that were going to on track to get like C's, and then everyone that was going to fail. I shit you not, he actually did this. Fucking that's insane. And that's, when I when I asked him when I asked him about it, I confronted him in the class mm. in front of everyone. I was like, "Why are you uh, deliberately discriminating? Like, don't you think that if you gave us a chance, we might actually?" have a chance of getting to that C instead of, mm. you know, just giving up on us entirely. And he literally just turned around and said, oh, that's your problem. You know, you were disruptive and oh. uh, you, you lost out kind of thing. And so many of my teachers were like that. Like my maths mm. teachers were the same. That's why I always yep. failed in maths. I was Me terrible too. at maths. Yep. And they literally, yeah, they, they literally would just basically come to me and tell me that I wasn't allowed to ask questions that you know yeah. that was you know I was told that I speak too much in class um oh. that you know there was a lot of things that I had to work through um I think that that, that there's a really interesting thing in there because I, I I relate a lot to the maths thing and I don't know about you but it's really informed my confidence with maths um as an adult I'm like I'm terrible at maths but I, that's because I was constantly being told by the teacher that I was in the bottom set, that I was yeah. bad, that I was only going to get a C. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, that has really had an impact on me and tackling boring adult maths problems. Um, and I just think, God, do better. 
Yeah, you know? I, I remember the maths teachers literally getting angry with me when I would ask questions. But I was like, look, I don't understand. And the whole point mm. is that when I ask you, you're supposed to explain it to me. But they would get angry yeah. because they'd have to explain it several times. And it's like, well, look, I excel at English. I get B's, mm. A's, whatever English. Yeah. I'm just trash at this. And because mm. obviously, like the teachers talk and stuff. And they, I remember the teachers would sometimes say to me, like, oh, um, I can't believe you, you must be a different student in so-and-so's class because when you come to my classes you're terrible and it's like yeah but think about it I, I do badly I ask you questions you tell me I can't ask questions so then I fail like what do you teach advanced yeah and like literally here's the thing you, you say you get like um I bet you, you sound like the same as me you get rude you get argumentative with the teachers mm -hmm. because they mm -hmm. put you into that scenario so oh, then yeah. you, you fight back you call them yeah. out on their bullshit and then mm -hmm. you get brought in and and scolded for doing so I think there's also a responsibility of teachers to monitor what's happening you know yeah we were just left to our own devices mm -hmm. and if you're if you're pigeonholed as the naughty kid they're naturally going to think that you did it yeah uh, or you started it and um, that happened so often to me. And it happened actually in my first week at that school. Um, and, you know, I didn't get a great start because His they as well. didn't like me. Yeah, this is an element to it as well. And something I've discovered in work as well. So, like, listen up, people. Um, did you ever notice how, like, the bad kid, so to speak, would mm -hmm. always get celebrated if they suddenly had a really good day, right? Oh, God. But then if you were a kid who worked their ass off, mm -hmm. right, and then you had one bad day where, I don't know, maybe you were just too tired, maybe you had a bad mental health day, whatever, yeah, yeah. they would literally punish <clears throat> you like you, you just mm. slaughtered someone. Because yeah. I experienced that at school, yeah. and I also experienced that in my very first uh, job. I experienced that at work as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, and they do that. They do that. That's why you should never give a hundred percent in any job always give like 80 percent <laughs> okay, um, yeah, 80 i mean unless yeah. unless you're really passionate about what you do and you love it then mm. fair enough but yeah. if, if you don't don't fall into that trap of oh i need to work 60 hours a week i need to impress them i need to always work at this level because you can't physically and mentally work at this Maintain level that. all the time yeah. you can't do yeah. it it's impossible yeah you'll, you'll burn no, out i hated those kids so much because i i generally did work so hard Mm. Um, I wasn't always academic with everything, but uh, you know, I was actor. I was a linguist, um, and I worked. I always worked hard at music, so that was a natural thing for me. Um, but then I'd get like a hundred percent on every French test, and um, whatever I'll call them, Jane um, would get like a sixty when she normally would fail. They'd yeah. be like. Yay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, where's my plaque? Where's my award? Where's my cookies? Yeah. Yeah, I want some bloody cookies. But if you, <laughs> if one day you got like 91, they'd be yeah. like, oh, what, what happened, Lydia? What, how, how, what, 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 what happened? Oh my yeah. God, we need to have a serious meeting now. We need You're to not have working as hard as you should be. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, it's, it's apps, it's, it's different approaches for different students. I find I, I remember thinking like they get away with it you know I, I I was really I was quite antagonistic as a teenager and I'd be like well how come they're getting away with it you know that's really not cool that's not fair I, I work just as hard as them and you treat the you let them get away with murder and um, I, I, I went to a school reunion 
actually oh, of wow. that school um my friend refused to go because she had a similar experience to me mm. and I was like come on let's go you're 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 doing so well you've got an amazing job you've got a hot boyfriend please let's just like let's go and she was like no so I I was like I'm I don't go. blame your friend because I think that whole school reunion thing is basically just one big it's flex show off yeah it's like fuck yeah. it man I like most people don't like school I like, went because I, w- I just wanted to see whether they were exactly how I expected and they were no um a lot of them were, well I said some of them were very friendly and I was a bit freaked out actually yeah. I was just like why are you being nice to me yeah you, know, you made my life hell um and Did I, they, I any dragged... of them apologize at all no god no no no, no. I brought my partner along just so I, I could be like just so you know you told me I'd die a virgin yeah, yeah. Uh, this is my partner and um we were at some tiny tiny little pub in Clapham and I was just like Tim can we just like stay in the smoking area because they're making me really uncomfortable yeah or can we just get like a kebab and go home because this is just weird for me and it was weird um because I didn't really have a lot to say for myself either you know so certainly not to them I don't feel they need to be let in to my life um so I sort of just what why am I here am I just here to boost numbers um have you got a deal with the bar like you know I, I started really trying to think of reasons and then the saving grace was some people that I didn't expect to show up showed up and they were really nice girls and one of them was um god I think she was about eight months pregnant and it was just all quite wholesome this little group of us who weren't part of the set um so that kind of saved that but I wouldn't recommend a school reunion to anyone (laughs) it's um it's weird because you find yourself as you said flex uh, you find yourself trying to show a better ver- like just trying too hard they don't need that stop trying so hard they don't deserve that I think just just be you be as messy as you want you know I, if I was in that way I'd have been like yes I have a full-blown crack addiction uh, <laughs> you know I was really tempted to just be like I'm on my fifth marriage <laughs> you know yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah, wanted yeah. to mess with them <laughs> <laughs> but at the, at the final moment, I was like, I can't. I'm too much of a worse. Yeah. But I, I, I'd planned this whole like, um, I collect buttons, you know, like some really just some unusual things. Um, and sorry to any button phobes, if there are any of you out there. I know that that exists. Um, Phobia phobias, buttons. Yeah, that's, how cool are phobias? <laughs> phobias are so cool. Um, there is a phobia of buttons. I can't remember what it's called, um, but yeah, I I my I have a phobia of um, like tea bags. <laughs> what? Why? Because what's, okay. what's that called? I don't know. Tea bag, wet tea bag phobia. So um, my my partner leaves them in the mug, and then drinks it, and then they're just left in there. And I've honestly developed a phobia of touching them and putting them in the bin. Mm. Uh, that's my phobia i don't think that's a weird one i had the same thing with wet tissues um yeah hate hate them hate them burn (laughs) them burn them burn them (laughs) let them die yeah Yeah. bin it what is it catch it bin it kill it 
something what was like that, that flu thing yeah. oh yeah i remember that I remember yeah that. <laughs> oh london that was everywhere across town i remember <laughs> especially on the underground um yeah god no don't 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 go to a school reunion uh Unless you really want to, unless you genuinely have a lot of friends and, and you want to see there, them. There, there were some people I liked from school, but to be honest, um, if I wanted to go hang with those people, I would just hang with them. You yeah. know what I mean? I wouldn't... You're already in contact with them. Yeah. Like, mo- like most, yeah. I'd say most people I went to school with were like, okay. Like, you know, there weren't... Mm. Like, our year was actually unique in that, like everyone for the most part got on like even though there was that difference between alternative and mm. and major I think I think I was lucky in that I got on with most people um in like regardless of clicks or whatever I don't know why mm. I guess I just was good with people but um I was very firmly in the alternative crowd so I did get mocked mm. occasionally but it was it was kind of, it wasn't like brutal like like I said the people that I had an issue with were the people that were originally my friends that turned into my enemies and they were part of the same clique as me you know it's funny I remember mm. there was a group of there was three of us right and I shit you not the the rest of the alternative crowd apparently referred to me as the nice one because <laughs> the other two were like so horrible I had, I had no idea I found this out later that's not a bad um, mon- like bad title I'll take it. I and I, yeah. I wasn't the nicest ever. I had my own stuff going on, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I even I'd hold up my hands and say, hey, I'm sorry. But I, I do remember that they they were literally bullying people, whereas I never did that because I, A, was being bullied. B, what the fuck? Why would I bully people? And C, you know, um, it was a short-lived thing. I spent most of my time hanging around with people outside of school rather yeah. than in school yeah. like I found I found most people at school I, I just had nothing in common with at all so we didn't have an alternative crowd oh wow okay yeah. we had a crowd of sort of girls that were obsessed with lip gloss hair mm. straighteners and if you didn't fit that you weren't in yeah so sounds, there was sounds, no hope for people familiar. that liked other things really did, did you have these like weird crazes like i remember at my school yeah. like all the girls owned like a pair of uggs that was big i had an uggs i had some uggs yeah, yeah. but they were black <laughs> everyone had brown ones and i was were like they I actually black uggs though actually I, uggs. I, I, or the fake ones I, I think i think that they were uggs they were present okay um and it was such a long time ago they're really comfy but actually hmm. um i remember having a discussion with my mum, and she was like you know that these aren't very ethical right mm. and I was like oh okay well th- now that they've died let's not renew you know let's let's move on and um we we moved on to some Dr Martins hey <laughs> yeah, good choice. I, I, I've had them forever um I have to keep rebuying them every few years but um they're so good I love them and I, I like that they do vegan leather and uh, all that stuff because I, I love animals and I don't want them to just be killed for fashion yeah. and stuff like that but i still eat i'm a hypocrite because i still eat meat yeah <laughs> but um i don't know but yeah i see i i know what you mean about being a, a group of friends there's always the the nice one the crazy one and then there's like they, they everyone has like a little role well the reason that i think that they called me that it wasn't about i know what you mean this was different this was like 
I was friends with the alternative crowd, but they had their own thing going on. And I'd sometimes hang with them, but a lot of the time I wouldn't because I've never fitted into groups. This is something that I found out later. Like I can be in a group setting. I can get on with group uh, in group settings, but um, I'm better off on my own as like a lone wolf or whatever. I struggle with groups. Yeah. I always find myself trying really hard to, even as an adult, trying hard to fit in. Mm. and that stems back to school I think but um, sometimes I get quite upset because I'm not being included despite my efforts Um, but I think that you've just got to sit back work out you know do I need this you know do I need to be part of this group is this going to really impact me and often more often than not no um I'm a lone wolf as well I love my own space I'm used to spending time on my own um it's when I'm most productive it's when I do all my my singing stuff I have to be on my own for that because um a lot of the stuff I do I don't know if you've noticed is like different layers and it requires a lot of concentration and I don't like it if people are crashing and banging around me so Mm. I, I generally do it when people are not around um yeah I don't expect you to have watched everything I've put out there. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't have time and that's nothing I know. against you. I know. No, 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 I'm no, no. So uh, that's why I thing said is, it. Yeah, when, when you're a full-time content creator, yeah. it's like yeah, you yeah, just, yeah. You, you, try to, you try to quietly support like friends yeah. of yours and stuff. But the reality, like, let me just put it this way. If anyone ever expects me to watch all of their content, you're just, you're a lunatic. That's going to take hours. No yeah. There's no, no genuinely, way. I didn't mean that as like, I expect no 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 I know I know I know I know I'm just saying like a normal content creator always understand like I for instance anyone that that uh, is a friend of mine that's also a content creator they'll know that I never expect them to watch my stuff like if they do hey that's nice I'm glad you found some time and you checked it out cool um Mm. like a good example a friend of mine um shout out to Childish Jacko uh we did a podcast oh, I've heard you talking about them before actually yeah. Yeah, yeah so we did we did a podcast together before we did um before I did my own podcast right very short-lived and um he and I remember this because it was very true because we were all together there was this like unwritten kind of like like rule as though we had to check out each other's content every time we would drop videos and oh. it it was yeah. almost and no don't get me wrong no one said you have to watch my video but we felt like mm-hmm. we were we were not being supportive if we didn't do that mm-hmm. and he said to me after the podcast ended he was just really honest and said you know what like there was a point where I really didn't like watching you know your stuff because I just you know had to and then yeah. I stopped watching and then I then fell in love with it again I mean he didn't word it like that but he said that um, he enjoyed watching my stuff again because there was no compulsion to have to do so. You mm. know, it was like he could just do it in his own time when he fancied to, and and he genuinely enjoyed it like that. And I knew exactly what he meant because it's like as soon as you feel like you have to do something, it sucks all the fun out of it. It's like Actually, that's uh, one. That's I. I think everyone has their own offering. And my favorite thing with with yours is when you actually my favorite example is when you do hey jude and you do like completely your own take on it and i'm like yes Hmm. you know like i love it when people bring their own things to the table and i think that's what makes 
That's funny. I actually, I actually try to keep that one specifically closer to the to the original. Well, I, there's a, I think it's I think it's different. <laughs> uh, it's not like you add in like a certain um, like na 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 na, and then you're like na 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 na, and I'm just like yes. That's that's actually. Like, Fun, fun fact, that's just me trying to keep it in tune, in key. <laughs> oh, really? That's not, yeah, that's not intentional. Well, it is oh, intentional. I thought that that, that was... was just you being super artiste. Yeah. And, no, that's um, that's me like, trying to... That's I think me... you've got a very natural ear for harmony. What I'm basically thinking about is, is it in the right key? Okay, yeah. no, it's sounding like it's going to go off. Let's take it higher. So then it keeps it in key, and then I can switch to the next note, and it will still sound yeah in, I, I, in I think you've got a very natural <laughs> harmony and that's, I, that's yeah. one of the things i love about this whole, my whole tiktok journey is that i'm improving yeah still. um you know I, I generally sopranos are given quite a bad rep as not having any ability to harmonize <laughs> um so when i've done like my uh i did one from lord of the rings i've done something from game of thrones and it's different parts and I found that my ear is really improving and that's just so satisfying for me because it's something that I used to kind of um, struggle with. I was just a standard choir girl who just did the top line and didn't worry about what was happening under me, so to speak. Um, so actually having the uh, chance to work on that and, and improve it's addictive and it's so satisfying and it, I, I love movies so for me that is my natural kind of go-to um, and I, I as I said I'm obsessed with soundtracks so it's like a really obvious uh, choice for me and it's my favorite thing to do actually but I do get some fun requests that are like a really really obscure one of my favorite ones was a really really obscure uh lullaby from mm. like the 70s from doctor who <laughs> and i was just like sure yeah and then um i haven't done it yet but i've got one from an ice skating movie from the 80s which oh, i've wow. never heard of and i was just like what the heck? what is this i've never heard of this and it's apparently like it won an oscar and i was like how have i never heard of this <laughs> you know um yeah i, I think Social media is a chance for people to really, if they do it right and it's not very like me, 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 it's actually a chance to grow and to learn and to be a better version of yourself. Couldn't and that's, what, that's the best kind of usage of it for me. When I can see that people are just there being like, I'm amazing, I'm just gonna sit here and play. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm like, no, 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 let me, let me phrase this right. If I'm not seeing them actually like, if that, if I can sense that they're really cocky, yeah, and that there's that I'm instantly turned off. Yeah. But if there's a vulnerability there and a sense of them growing and learning and allowing us, the audience, to be a part of that, I think that's that's the magic. That's that's the key. That's the magic ingredient. And um, I think that that's eventually something that I, I like to think that I'd be able to show I have never been a cocky person mm. um, I'm way too shy for my own good and way too apologetic um, and worried about offending people because I've, I know what it's like to uh, receive really weird comments and then it turns out that I was misinterpreting 
so I you've told me I'm too apologetic before you are yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the only reason so, I the only reason I say that is because I, I used to do the exact I'm just, I am trying to to uh, get out of that actually because mm. I think it's about time I had a full voice you know I'm not gonna apologize for me um but I I hate cockiness I'd never do that and I I want um yeah I'd, I'd hate for that to be something that people perceive from me is this air of arrogance that I see quite often but a lot of the time you're told look confident and there's it's so hard to tell um sometimes whether someone is acting confident or if they genuinely think that they're the dog's bollocks mm. you know I, I find that quite hard a difficult line to trace um so yeah that's I'm always interested by that just are they cocky or are they just putting it on for the camera um do you have a sort of warm-up routine that you do before you start singing and if so what does it involve do i have a warm-up routine um yes i i start actually this sounds so i, I start by breathing like long breaths helpful, helpful. <laughs> <laughs> um long breaths and i and i try and and then you you can try and do quite um i'm not going to do it down the because it's going to sound very weird but like sharp intakes of breath so like <laughs> i'm not continuing that because it's going to sound horrible um <laughs> it's going to sound yeah. horrible um and you can continue that and it's yeah, I said earlier about the hands thing. I, I, I move around, I do a bit of loosey-goosey and I, I make sure that I'm standing properly. So sometimes if I'm feeling very um, energetic, I'll do like a, what's it called? Like that Rasputin thing where they're like, hey, <laughs> yeah, hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I, I need to be energetic to sing or it's not gonna happen. Um, and when it comes to the actual, um, singing part of it uh there's the vowels and then my singing teacher taught me one which is uh really hard to say so you go like ninga 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 like ninga it's really hard to sing and it and i said to her this is dangerously close to quite an offensive yeah <laughs> i was gonna say like yeah it's interesting and I, I was like she was like do it with ginger and it doesn't work so it's you've just got to be very careful with your pronunciation um but it does work. And then you can do all the lip trills. And, and um, the interesting thing is, I think for people to, that will help them if they're wondering, how can I improve? Is to, to not warm up to the note that they want to hit. You've got to warm up to above it. Oh, and then um, there are some other tips as well, like raising your eyebrows and, um, if you want to hit a note and like really extending it's all it's, it's very physical mm. and um i think a lot of people just think oh yeah it's natural but actually 95 percent of the time you're like uh, and there's a lot of um physiological like uh, without going into too much detail for women certainly you can kind of um tense and produce a better sound 
I don't, I don't know how to make that le uh, say that without being gross. No, I know what you um, mean. So like pelvic floor involvement can help. Um, so you you know there's all sorts of things that you can do. Um, I don't really, but you know I should I should get fitter. It would really benefit me, but at the moment it's kind of the last thing on my mind. I want to get through this period of our lives. You know, this has been a really tough year and actually singing did suffer for a bit because I was I was just worrying about um, being unemployed and universal credit just doesn't cover, you know. Um, but now I, I've got some temping work and I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm in a happier place. I'm going to get back on the singing and then I'll get back on the trying to get fit malarkey. Um, but that's very important as well. And just <laughs> sounds bizarre as well. Uh, I have a little affirmation of like, you're gonna kick ass. I, I just tell myself like, you can do this, you've got this. It really helps my, my, my mindset. Um, <laughs> my senior teacher, she, one of them was, she was quite on PC and she'd just be like, don't pull a face like a, can I say a spack? The what, sorry? She'd say like, don't pull, um, I'm trying to say this in a really PC way, but she wasn't PC. She'd be like, don't pull a face that makes you look like you're retarded. Okay. While you're right. singing. And <laughs> that's something else that you gotta think about. You gotta think about how your face looks. Um, but I'd just be like, wow. And sometimes I'd hear that in the back of my mind and just be like, that's a really bad thing to say. Yeah. And that would give me like an impetus <laughs> to be like, I am going to kick ass. I'm going to be good. And I'm going to prove that that is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's, I've heard it, I've heard it all over the years, you know, like um, when I was also, when I was younger, my warm up process would involve a bit of a panic attack. <laughs> um, I did a solo when I was 16 in the Vatican. Oh, wow um and god was it 16 it was two weeks before pope john paul ii died and we went to the vatican and i was in st peter's basilica and i sang a piece from the foray requiem the, the pae i know you're into your your pieces you might know that one um and before it my mum came and i was like mum i can't do this the pressure is just too much i'm in this yeah. huge I'm in the Vatican, mum, I'm in the Vatican. And she was just like, firstly, I don't think it's a good idea to swear in the Vatican. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Up in um, the motherfucking house. Uh, 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 yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna hide behind a pillar. I used to hide behind pillars. If there, if there was a way I could hide, I would. And that changed well, a lot. While singing? Yes. Uh, I did one concert where, it went so well and they said it was great but we couldn't fucking see <laughs> nice and i was just like yay um because I, I prefer to sound good and not to be visible yeah <laughs> um but yeah the vatican thing oh sorry that made me laugh um the vatican thing i was terrified that is the most probably one of the most terrifying things i've ever done and i had a complete meltdown <laughs> and then i did it and it was this, oh my God, it was so good. Cause like I'd been bullied and people were like, you shouldn't sing, you're a bit crap, you know? And I had this really like self 
pride like I felt mm-hmm. so powerful and I did it and I was like I got asked to sing not you well done. you know and it was just this really empowering thing where I was just like you can say nothing to me now and that took that it took a moment of I took an opportunity for me to realize my own self-worth and my own talent to be able to then turn around to people and say actually you don't know what you're talking about um and I sang in an opera when I was in my 20s but that was just cool (laughs) Uh, I was in the chorus which is still amazing but it wasn't like a fully staged it was just a a concert version but I still say like I've been in an opera because I have I've sung in an opera it just wasn't like all the scenery and um all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but um yeah I it's quite like when you you know when you're looking through your cv and you have to kind of adjust it for different jobs and I'm just like I haven't really done anything except musical stuff like I put so much energy into it and now I'm not really you know it's not my full-time job right um and it's always just like all that effort <laughs> for you know it will happen one day I'm yeah, sure don't, it will. don't give up I, on it I, yet I, no I, I sense, believe yeah. in you know it can happen anytime I honestly it's not, my, it's not my time you know it's not my time yet I believe it will happen for you you're yeah. definitely very talented I think hopefully it depends it depends on um if I broaden a little you know uh, I think I could do with doing some more modern stuff maybe but I don't know it's difficult because I'm I don't consider myself much of a guitarist and I Mm -hmm. or a pianist so it's just me myself and a phone microphone I don't have a a kit you know this this is new the green screen thing is new and I've got a, a ring light coming but um wow because <laughs> my best friend said to me, your videos are beautiful, Lids. They're lovely. But your camera is so fucking shaky. I can't see you. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. And I was like, I'll try holding it somewhere, like putting it up on a bookcase. And they were like, it's still not great because like half of you is cut off. And I was like, you know what? What should I do? And he was like, well, when I go live. <laughs> and I was like, all right, mate. <laughs> um he just sits and talks about Star Wars. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's made me think, oh, there are things I can do to improve. Do you know, I, I know where you're coming from on that. Like, people ask me all the time, like, why don't you get better equipment? Why don't you get a green screen? Why don't you get a camera? Because I don't have any money. That's why. This is a loan. <laughs> yeah literally, literally i'm so broke right now like okay for example people who regularly watch the podcast will notice that my camera quality has now dropped back to the original quality for a while i had a better webcam want to know what happened the webcam broke because it was cheap and crap and it should have I listened lasted to your podcast so i had no idea about your camera <laughs> yeah so I, I do a youtube quality. version yeah yeah and um I was really happy with the quality of the camera. It wasn't the best ever, but it was decent. It was a sort of a plug in and play type thing. Mm-hmm. And then it just started breaking for no apparent reason. And now I've just had to drop back down to this, which is frustrating. Um, but it's the same thing all the time. I don't have money for the camera money. stuff. I don't have money for lighting. Yeah. I don't have money for 
green screen and independent just... artists you know yeah. like it's <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it all at once. You know, it, yeah. it's got to be a very slow process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think a lot of people have a very obvious, amazing setup, and I'm just like, I envy what? them so much, man. Come on, so much. Like, and people buy them things. I see a lot of things. Oh wow. Like, um, someone just bought me a microphone, and I was like, wow. but microphone, a good microphone is like eighty quid start do, do, do you know as well like, i remember some people asked me like oh hey um it would be good if you if we could send you stuff and it's like yeah that would be great but guess what uh you have to pay for a po box as well and i don't have money for that either oh, do you <laughs> yeah oh man everything Is it expensive costs money. yeah to, to to get yeah i think i'm, I'm pretty you sure you don't want to give people your actual address no you can't do that no, <laughs> no. <laughs> i'm terrified of like I don't know. Someone just turning up in the village where I live and just being like, "I've seen you," which is very unlikely. But um, it's quite scary. Yeah, it's, it's quite a scary. Like, I never put where I live even mm. on Instagram posts because it's it's. Quite no, why a, would you? Yeah, why it's would a touristy you? village. There's a there's a tourist ah. um, aspect to my village mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, to do with literature um so a lot of people come here but i don't want to tell people yeah no of course know, not. on instagram like you can find me here and sometimes it comes up with my neighbor's house and it's actually named and i'm like Ooh. nope <laughs> why would you name your where, exactly where you live and show off the interior of your home are you an idiot like it's just asking for trouble but yeah i've gone a long way off from warm-up routines uh, well, actually, that that leads me on to the next question. So, um, now you've said kind of like what the routines you do are mm -hmm. before you actually start singing. But do you have any kind of like habits, superstitions, or maybe rituals that you always do before you perform? One of the things I always have to do is I always have to because I've got um, a folder. I generally perform with a folder, not off memory, because it, when you're being paid, it's not worth making a mistake. Um, so I, I actually, because I'm a bit forgetful and dyslexic, I have to check like a thousand times that the music is in there and it's in the right order. And I, I go through the sort of, if it's a wedding, I'll go through the order of service and be like, this is what you listen out for. Um, you know, I, I, my superstition is to be over-prepared. Um, I don't have any weird like things that I do though I think I, I tend to just think because uh, I, I, I think nerves are a very important part of performing um, so I let them do them I say magic it's horrible it is a horrible experience that level of nerves um, but I think you've just got to ride the wave and you're when you when you're doing it you're like yes this is going all right I don't need to be so nervous yeah but you know um something changes in your physiology and you know you become calmer while you're there while you're doing it but the lead up is honestly the worst bit for me um so i also believe in not drinking too much water mm. that's a bit of a weird one because people are always like oh make sure you drink lots of water and i'm like actually that sometimes that dries out my throat 
Me too. That's, yeah, yeah that's quite and I, you know, so people offer things that piece of advice, and I'm like, no, sorry. Um, and then they'll say, you know, do you want some ice cream? And you know, you shouldn't have dairy. Yeah. Um, there are lots of things that you need to consider. But no, I, I, I tend to just sort of try and get a good night's sleep and um, wake up early, get everything ready. Because I've got some performing gowns and, you know, part of the ritual of the week is ironing them and, and getting everything like ready to go. Mm. You know, I find that a very satisfying thing. And I, I, lo- I love singing at weddings. It's the happiest thing. And I get such lovely letters from the people that I've um, sung for. And they're just like, one of them said our favorite moment of our whole wedding was they just got married and they're waiting, like, you know, they leave together. And then they were waiting in like the ante room, I guess, like the lobby, (laughs) the lobby of a church. And they were like, we could just hear, it was just us and we could hear you and I was just like, oh, that's so sweet. You know, that that's, that's you know, this is your wedding day. Mm. You know, it's not about me. I am a side player. I, I, I'm irrelevant, really. NPC, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's very much not about me at all. And I think that that's something that's really important to remember, actually, for people who are considering it is it's not about you it's about them and you know I'll, I'll offer them my advice I'll say because sometimes they'll say I don't really know what I want so we'll chat and you know we'll come up with I've got a playlist actually for people to listen to of things that I like singing and if they don't know what they want then they can go actually I really like x y or z um, so you know it's down to them but I help if they need it but I've seen um I've heard about a lot of things where um, this is no name, no name, but I've heard of a singer local to me who um, demanded extra money because um, it was a small wedding. And then they demanded extra money because they um, were stuck in traffic and they spent more money on traffic, like petrol, because they were stuck in traffic. Mm. And I keep my whole outlook on the whole thing is um low rates because people are already spending thousands and thousands i i don't believe in being overly greedy you know um so i have a very low (laughs) very low pay rate um but because i i love doing it um and you know they give me a bit for time learning pieces and uh time practicing and and the day itself and getting there but it's very low some people charge sort of 800 quid um i am way way below that um but these divas give us a bad name um and i i can't stand a diva you know but we're not mariah carey We're, we're as you said an npc um we're not really very important in the grand scheme of things but if we can make their day just that little bit more tuneful then 
bloody marvelous and I'm a happy person they're happy and we can carry on you know like it's 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 a really basic situation really like I I can't believe that some people could get very diva-esque really um and it's not like you're singing at the Royal Opera House you're singing at a church in wherever so you mentioned, you know, some of the performances that you've you've performed that uh, that you're proudest of. Obviously, BBC Proms is is one of them. Uh, singing in the Vatican, even I didn't know that. That's incredible. Um, I don't tend to shout about it, you know, because yeah. it is just so unbelievable. <laughs> um, you know, my family still make fun of me that I sang, and then two weeks later, the Pope died. You know, like they. <laughs> <laughs> It's all your fault, Lydia. I killed him. No, um, <laughs> they still make fun of me to this day, and I haven't been back since. But I want to go back fifteen years. Later. <laughs> yeah, they won't let you back because you they won't let me back. I killed those little guards in the Vatican. Would just be like, lay, <laughs> and they'd uh, be they'd get their little pikes and just, <laughs> you know. Um, I would love to go back though, if they let me. Um, I they, I don't think I don't think they'd even remember. They didn't take my name. It, it was it, it was like it a, is her, the one who <laughs> kills popes. El Papa. El Papa. No, no. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was probably the coolest performance. But I've done I've done very many. I, I'm very lucky as a performer to have done some very cool. Very okay. cool things. Let's switch it up. Mm-hmm. Any performances that didn't go so well, what happened? How did you overcome them? Any performances that didn't go so well? Please um, tell me your worst moments, please, for our I enjoyment. Will. I will. I have a good one, but it's not necessarily singing, but this is possibly the worst. Oh. Um, we were playing... God, what was it? Um, uh, when I, I was 13. I still think about this. <laughs> Um, and we were playing Waterloo by ABBA in orchestra and it was house music so we'd have these like houses at boarding schools um, for competitive events so like sport music yeah Um, so we didn't have had house music and we were singing um, (laughs) don't laugh but we were singing my house's song was the Wombles song (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, as in for some reason, da, 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 one balloon, one balloon, underground, overground, yeah. <laughs> and um, my my so the other houses had sailing by Rod Stewart and Waterloo by ABBA. They had songs. We had the fucking Wombles. That's so and, random. Um, I but our house was called Agincourt. You could have come up with something like a battle song. Um, <laughs> and I forgot my sheet of paper with the words on. And um, I, I had a, a solo and I just stood oh. there, like, I just didn't know. Oh. I was just like, I was mortified. I was like, I can never forget. So you just didn't do anything, you just stood there? I stood there and someone, um, the, the music teacher 
at the side, like, went like, <laughs> she kind of went, oh shit, they're not singing. I'm just going to pretend. Um, that was the most humiliating <laughs> moment for me. And um, it happened as well during a orchestra performance when I was oh, playing my no. flute. And I, you know, you really do need the music when you're playing in an orchestra. And I was just sat there just miming. <laughs> And I, I told my mum, and she was like, "You just, you just need to get better at not losing things. You just need to get better <laughs> at like being forgetful." And it turned out with the singing one that I was sat on it, and it was on my seat. That was my most humiliating musical moment. And oh, oh I, I, I struggled with that for a while. I won't lie. That was very, very embarrassing. Um, and in terms of, uh, <laughs> okay, at my school, we did, we, they put on Joseph. And uh, this isn't necessarily embarrassing for me, but embarrassing for the whole bloody school. They blacked us up. Oh, wow. Okay. I was deeply, deeply embarrassed. But like, that was, uh, I was, I felt really uncomfortable. Well, did you have hand. any did you have any black students yes we had they... kids from nigeria um in my school Ooh. who i don't think they were particularly impressed yeah it, it wasn't like i hate saying this kind of thing it, it sort of looked like um very fake tan but very mm. like dark and we were just like can't we just be ourselves you know everyone knows that we're at a school in yeah, england and yeah. we're not in like the Middle East. <laughs> Everyone knows it's not going to come as a surprise that you know we look the way we do. And they went ahead with it. That was possibly my most sort of cringe, deep level cringe. Moment. At least it's not on camera though. That's one. No, That's... but my mum's got photos, uh, like old Polaroids. Burn them, burn them. And um, the other day, my partner was like, "Can I see them? This sounds <sighs> terrible." And I was like. If I can find them, we've got this huge photo box. It's got thousands yeah. of photos that are just unsorted. And I did find them maybe two years ago and just went, oh, I'd no. forgotten about this. And it all came flooding back to me. And I was like, how the hell did we get away with that? It's the worst. That, I mean, that's just the noughties in school to me. Like the early noughties, um, you know, things weren't as peace like things were i know what you mean things were different back then like when i look back at some of the things that were acceptable then that aren't now i do kind of understand where people are coming from but at the same time like it was a different mentality people i don't think people were as readily offended by things or took exception with it like don't get me wrong i think there was a lot of stuff that should have been called out um at the, at the time that it mm-hmm. that wasn't but yeah. there was a lot of other stuff that i don't know i mean okay like for instance if you take something like like little britain yeah um i don't remember people kind of getting crazy about it at the time like there were there were a, f- a few things in the media about it being offensive but it wasn't really picked up on in the same way like for, for a better one a better example actually would be uh, bo selector <clears throat> So the guy, Leigh Francis is his name. Not mm-hmm. many people, not many people yeah. know that. But yeah, he's the guy who plays Keith Lemon. Proper Crimbo. Proper Crimbo. Um, so 
he's actually since apologized for playing certain characters in the show mm. and to the best of my knowledge like no one really took offense with it at the time or since then but there have been sort of calls to have it banned same with little britain mm. Mm. Uh, i think come fly with me has also been Ooh, removed from was... a lot of places yeah i I've, i did watch that when it came out because I, I didn't i quite enjoyed little britain i don't know whether it was because tom bacon narrated it Mm. oh yeah oh um, wow i didn't even put that together yeah of course so did. i was just yeah. like i'll watch that and then i watched it and i was like it's on you know i did I, we didn't have sky so um it was just on and it, it's, it's it, a it, tricky it, one isn't it, it, it yeah. it's like i i do get where people are coming from mm. and i do understand the decision to to have these things removed and, and why for instance you know uh doing that is not okay i do understand that but at the same time, I heard that they want to get rid of an episode of Faulty Towers that has the German jokes. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And I was just like, you, you can't because this. I don't know a single German person who's offended by it for one, and it's done cleverly. It's an interesting it's debate, though, isn't it? Because I think yeah. that there's a certain contingent of people that are saying we should just ban anything from the past that doesn't mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. fall in line with what we believe now. And yeah. that's one trend of thought. I do understand where they're coming from. But the other sort of contingent says that we should leave things as they are, not just because we shouldn't sort of fiddle with the past, but also because it kind of stands as a way of, of representing, you know, our progression moving forward. I tend to kind of agree with that. You know, I don't think these things should be celebrated. I don't think mm-hmm. we should be going around going, oh, wasn't it great in the 70s when we used to make jokes like this? No. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think they should just be outright banned. I think it does yeah. kind of show our progression and as a society. I, I like a lot of artists that have turned out to be bad in some way. You've got to separate. Ah, see, I can't do that. I, can't, I know what you, you mean. You separate art from new, artists. New, new. No. Well, some no. people can. I, you know, like, okay, um, for instance, the guy, the guy from Lost Prophets. Oh no 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 no! no. See what I mean? Uh, yeah, but yeah. see see what I no, but going by yeah. your same logic, same logic. There. I I know exactly what you mean, and I'm a yeah. total hypocrite. You know what's interesting? The 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 even depends the pe- on the person. Even the people that were in that band, they're in a new know. band now. I was looking them up the other day. That they're called No Devotion or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they set up a band quite soon after that happened, mm. and they they were asked in an interview whether they would play Lost Prophet songs. And they said, no, we refuse to because they feel that the songs are tainted. Yes. And that, here, but here's the thing. See, before you said you're able to separate the art from the artist. So but... I, I can still listen to the Lost Prophets, though, if I had to. I haven't for years. I couldn't. You, you know, it's really, you know, it's really odd as well because mm. you never hear it anymore. I, I actually came across this because I was looking up. There was like this documentary on YouTube that someone had put mm-hmm. together. It was like worst people in music. It was actually pretty interesting. Uh, and he came up. Uh, obviously, his name always mm-hmm. comes up. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's it's recent as well. It happened in like 2012 or something. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I haven't obviously listened to their music since then because I did grow up as a Lost Prophets fan. I think Start Something was in like 2003. That, yeah, yeah, that's when they became yeah. big. And yeah. and I, I was a Lost Prophets fan. I, I liked yeah. I liked the aesthetic of, of Ian Watkins mm-hmm. and that band and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I saw them live. Right. And, and it, it's a weird thing because their music hasn't been played since. And, and there was a lot of people saying that, oh yeah, their music is still played around the world. Well, I, I'm pretty sure it isn't anymore. And in this documentary, 
they were playing some, some of the music and it, it felt weird listening to it because it's like I remember that but I literally haven't heard it since then and I never hear it on radio I never hear it anywhere in the world it's, it's like it's almost been blacklisted how do you feel about Michael Jackson because uh, that wasn't one. necessarily prove you know they didn't necessarily prove it I but, really don't know on that one. Yeah, that's difficult. Some of them you do. I think it, it's a case so, by so case. The thing with You've Michael Jackson, case, case the thing with case. Michael Jackson is that like the, the evidence is so strong both ways mm. that it's mm -hmm. impossible to know. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm not saying that I listen to every single bad person's music. I I, I have to no, do it. Like, hey, listen, case I, I, by I, case. I think I think it's an important I think it's an important discussion to have. Um, mm. Take take a different. I still like Kevin Spacey's movies. Yeah, yeah. Diff different industry. Um, professional wrestling. There's there's a wrestler yep. called uh, Chris Benoit who very famously killed his family and himself oh. in a double murder suicide. This happened in right. 2007. I remember really? when it happened. It was crazy. Yeah, and I, I was a I was a massive fan uh, mm. until that happened. And then I remember like ripping up my shirt and just getting like really angry about it. Mm -hmm. um, and there were a lot of people I've spoken to to this day who when because okay what the company chose to do wwe they chose to kind of blacklist him from from he's never mentioned he's never obviously promoted he's not celebrated in any shape or form mm -hmm. but obviously there's a lot of coverage of him um but they they purposefully don't advertise those matches so a good example is the main event of wrestlemania 20 was him uh mm -hmm. triple h and Shawn michaels and that was a fantastic match. And at the end, there's this really amazing scene of him with Eddie Guerrero and they're like hugging and it's like a big bro moment. And it, it was a really emotional moment. It was a mm -hmm. fantastic moment. But they never show you that anymore. Um, nor do they show you any of Chris Benoit's matches. He's not featured. Uh, they will actively not put certain Royal Rumbles on YouTube because of that. Like they don't come out and say it, but you know that they're doing it. Um, mm. And he, they've also done the thing where they they don't list him at all. So if you if you search for him on the WWE Network or something like that, he doesn't come up. Um, you can find those matches. They haven't been removed. Like the, the, if you go watch them, it will still say Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle. You know, but it's he's just never. I feel like mentioned. I know that name in a very distant part of my brain, yeah. and I, I'm trying to connect the dots. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's fine. It, like, it's not, I, I've gone into a lot of detail here. My point is no, no, that no, like, there's a lot of people in that, in that industry that mm. can still watch it and separate the mm. performer from the person. And I do understand that. I think though, that maybe there's a bit of a difference of between course. that and then say music because for instance more recently uh marilyn manson has, has mm -hmm. gotten into some trouble mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. i used to be a fan same and yeah, it, it's, it's I, was... I don't know like it, i my kind of view on it is i don't hold it against people that choose to listen to, to no. the music um because there's a lot of people that say oh if, if you're checking that stuff out you're supporting it no mm. i think you're only supporting it if you're actually actively buying that stuff, if you're buying those records, buying merchandise from that yeah. person, then finals, yeah, then it's yeah. going to that person. Yeah. But yeah. Um, if you're just listening to it or absorbing it, consuming it, that's that's up to you. I, I don't think it's. Yeah, I think it yeah. definitely depends on the person. I also think it's quite interesting. Like, we obviously, if someone's a 
paedophile. We're yes. gonna fucking call them out for it. But in the case of someone like uh, Amy Winehouse, who had big problems, we celebrate them. Um, I, I just think that there's an interesting kind of split there because you know people shouldn't be um speaking as someone who used to do a lot of drugs uh people shouldn't be thinking that it was cool you know what she was doing um I think uh, that do anyone really think that though i mean i, I don't... don't know i i think i've known people who thought wow they look really cool see with amy winehouse i feel like a lot of what i see is is the tragedy whenever she's mentioned i, I cringe i'm just like oh she's so brilliant but oh it's tragedy yeah. her life mm-hmm. you know yeah the, the thing about her life is you see all these wonderful photos of her you see all these wonderful performances of her but she was mm-hmm. troubled everyone knows that and mm-hmm. i don't know every time i see videos or photos of her all the comments just say, oh, it's such a tragedy. Oh, it's yep. such a loss. Yep. And it's true. You know, with some help, she could be here to this day. But it, it was just a real All my favourite artists are dead. <laughs> <laughs> such is life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Do, do, are you aware of Varg? Varg? The metal guy. Oh, my my partner. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. I li- that's okay, a really so that, interesting that, that, example. That, that, that documentary that I checked out the other day listed mm. him. Um, he yeah. burnt down churches and like yeah, loads really of stuff. crazy. And he was just because I was talking to him like, do you not feel? Do you view him differently as a musician? He said, no, he's still a badass musician. Uh, he's just done some really questionable things that so like, that's okay. interesting that your partner can 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 separate the oh, two completely. things but he said i'm i've i in my scene in the metal scene a lot of the time people have done criminal activity um mm. so i'm just i said don't tell me you're used to it because it's not normal mm. like it isn't something that you just go oh yeah i'm just i'm part of the um i don't know I, I live in downtown New York, so I'm used to people getting murdered. It's not normal. Yeah, it's not. It's not. You know, like, it's not normal. So I, I was just like, okay. But anyway, <laughs> I, it suddenly came to my mind. Oh, Varg, I've heard of him. And he's done some things. I think he's killed people as well. Yeah. 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 Weird. Some, some weird stuff happening in that community. <laughs> what tips could you give to aspiring classical singers? aspiring classical singers um my tip would be listen to as much classical music as possible work out what you love work out what style you love and just try and consider that when you're training your instrument um i knew very early on who my favorite composers were and who my favorite what my favorite opera was um I'd consider that quite a blessing, actually, because it, it's just it's such a huge part of me. Um, and I had a uh, vocal idol um, and I she was always the end goal. Um, and just finding the right teacher, that's important. You need to find someone who you feel comfortable with. And um, for an aspiring classical singer, I would say language lessons are an absolute must. Um, not necessarily all of them, and you don't have to be fluent, um, 
but a good grasp of the romantic languages is really helpful. I did, um, <laughs> I remember I did a song in um, Hungarian and um, I've sung in Polish with the choir, Russian. There's some very difficult languages out there. And I thought, I, I thought, do I need to have learned this? And no, I don't need to know Polish, but certainly for a classical repertoire, essential is French, German, Italian. And if you're really good Russian, because Russian's cool. <laughs> I, I only learned one sentence in Russian. Um, which is like mon koshka yest yeblika, which is like my cat eats apples, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but having a good understanding of how to form the words and, and how to um, actually put them into music, mm. it really helps. Um, I was always lucky with that because I grew up in another country and I had a sponge brain for languages um so that was always part of the magic for me it's not something that i had to try very hard with except german isn't my natural um sound <laughs> um but there's there's so many it's, it's also just be confident in what you're doing and stick at it just just keep going because everyone everyone has a bad moment Everyone has a moment. I don't know a single musician who hasn't had a moment where they're like, I'm, I'm rubbish. I don't even know why I'm doing this. I, what am I doing? I, I don't know a single person who hasn't had that moment who's a musician. And the key is how you, how you get out of that. Now, some people say, I took a bit of a break because I needed it and they come back and they're, all guns blazing and they're ready and they fight and I really admire that but other times I think people do give in and I think it's really sad and I think um you know you hear about it with people who play the saxophone and stuff like that like they just have a bad moment and they don't pick it up again um and I think it's important to keep trying is essentially it and just to ignore probably everything I've said during this podcast <laughs> uh, just it's 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 finding um it took me such a long time to understand this but I found that finding some kind of inner peace with the music and connecting with it and understanding it and fully understanding everything that's happening around it has completely transformed me performing it so for instance I'm doing a piece from an opera now your vocal teacher will probably say a very quick summary too quick you I think it's important to know the story know what you're about um, and know what happens next is really important um so it's just sort of taking the time to really understand what you're doing and and understand the importance of why you're doing it and and to not do it for anyone but yourself really i don't know i could go on about this for 
for days. But I think that there's a there's a problem with um, young people and confidence, especially around um, music, because music is disappearing in schools, um, and it's it's becoming a very expensive passion. Mm. I was always very lucky because my parents without fail always supplemented this they gave they paid for me to have lessons and they paid for me to join the choir and they they paid for me to go on choir tours and all this stuff because they were like this makes you happy go forth you know um so I do consider myself pardon me um very fortunate um but it's it's a it's a worry that music isn't considered um very important when it has proved like that science has proven that it has all these benefits um choral singing in particular it's it just worries me as someone who my i have a niece and she's five and she's starting to sound like she has a bit of a tuneful voice and i was just like yes inherited the genes, because my father is a very good singer. Um, and uh, I, I suddenly thought, is she gonna have music class in school by the time she's actually there? You know, she's only five. Um, so it's just stuff like that. I just, I, I wish that people view, understood the importance of it. It's not just a hobby. It's actually something that people should allow I don't know about you but when I was at school uh it was that class where like it was fun Mm. and and everyone was just like yeah you get to go and sing for an hour like it's it's so important um in the school week to break it up with something where people can learn about music and sing and let out some steam but just you know it's it's so important And, and it's certainly been the most valuable thing in my whole life and I know that's a pretty big thing to say but I I would not I don't think I'd be around the, 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 I have demons <laughs> and singing soothes, soothes them um yeah what's the biggest life lesson that you've learned so far my biggest life lesson say yes <laughs> in most scenarios not everything um but just don't be afraid to say yes uh don't undersell yourself and it's gonna sound pretty cheesy but like always strive for the best version of yourself really i think is and be nice actually don't be a dick to other people I've seen a lot of people who are musicians who aren't very friendly to other musicians because it's mm-hmm. this horrible competitiveness and I'm just like no this is not the point we're meant to celebrate each other and um, really show up and I, and I think be nice allow people to be nice to you you know don't be dismissive and you won't get anywhere if you don't work hard so I think it's pretty basic stuff. I'd, I'm, I'm not full of answers, unfortunately, because I'm still trying to figure out my own life. <laughs> but along the way, I've gone, 
I need to stop saying no to things because I'm scared. And, um, you know, I never really entered competitions and stuff because I was too scared. I was like, too much rides on this for me. And if I lose, it could ruin it. So I never entered competitions um, or anything like that. And I applied for the sort of Royal Academy of Music kind of things. And I didn't get in, of course I didn't, because um, my academics weren't up to scratch. Um, and I completely bombed my interviews because I was so nervous. Um, and I, I, you have to do a few pieces and I bombed those because I was so nervous. And I look back and I think, imagine, I said it recently, I think like if you had put your energy of your nerves into that, you'd be in a completely different place. So it's, it, I also think it's important to work out a way to deal with your nerves and to know that they're a natural part of the process. Yeah. Really. Uh, as we draw things to a close today, do you have any upcoming projects or maybe some final thoughts that you'd like to share? Upcoming projects? I do want to <laughs> do um, the entire, well, score of the fellowship of the ring choral moments i've been i found a thing online with lots of um with basically the score and i was like oh this appeals to my nerdiness um and i'm gonna do that i i i think i'd like to um try and put stuff out every day mm. but it's quite difficult on top of a very busy nine to five thirty um so my my upcoming goals are basically just to keep at it and not give in because I've got so close to quitting so many times and just being like I'm not quitting singing but quitting the whole social media game um just because I don't know what um what else people really want because I I think I'm putting out good stuff and uh listenable stuff but um, for some reason, it's not necessarily reaching people. Um, it will. It will. Yeah. So it will. It'll happen. I know it will happen. But it's just quite slow. Whereas I see some people just skyrocket, you know, like instantly, and I'm like, uh, but yeah, I know. Not I being know jealous is an important part of life. <laughs> I know where you're jealous. coming from. Like I, like, I know so many people around me that are doing way better than me. Um, and it can be frustrating at times, but I guess you just have to pay attention to your own trajectory and focus in on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a trajectory. That's it. Like it's not a click of the fingers. You know, it, it you've got to slow down. <laughs> um, I I'm very impatient as a person, um, so it's quite hard for me to be like, it'll happen. You know, maybe mm. next week, and uh, you know, it's probably next year. I don't know, uh, maybe the year after, but I'm certainly not slowing down. I've got, um, I was writing down some things. I'm not gonna give away too much, but this is my list of things that I wanna do. Um, and it's sort of, I've been doing a series, although I haven't done it recently because I've been really busy, of um, lyrics that have been very important to me. Mm. Um, so I did um, a Muse song and I'm going to do 
something that I played at a funeral um, for someone. But I'm taking my time with that because it is emotionally quite tough. Um, so I put out um, Fix You. I did another version of it. And I still cried my eyes out playing it because <laughs> it, it, there's some very strong memories associated with it. And that's the, I think that's a, a painful yet beautiful thing about music is that it can really take you to a place or a memory or um, elevate you. You know, it, it has all these powers that are just, to me, kind of inexplicable. Um, and I think that that's pretty cool and that we both have that within us that we can listen to music and it can do that. I think that's a, a gift. I want to say a massive thank you for agreeing to be on the show, Lydia. It's been an absolute Yay! pleasure. It's been fun. Thank you. And uh, yeah, for everyone listening to the Christian Reef podcast, thank you very much for listening. Can I share my social? social? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so it's just Lydia P. So L-Y-D-I-A-P music. That's it. You'll find me on Instagram and TikTok. I just forgot the word. TikTok. The clock one. Um and now I'm going to let Christian do a sign off because I interrupted him. Deeply offended by that. I am so sorry. <laughs> oh, I said sorry. I apologised. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, everyone. Genuinely make, sorry, though. <laughs> everyone make sure to go out of your way to drop Lydia a follow and go support her work. And thank you very much for listening to the Christian Reef podcast. And until next time, be safe, be well, and I'll see you in the next one. <laughs>